0: And now, it's time for your hosts, Nick McVicker, Kyle Vardy, and Irfan Manji. That's right, folks. We are back. Another episode of Garage Door Sports. Nick McVicker in studio today. Kyle and Irfan could not join me, but don't worry. You won't have to listen to my voice for the whole episode. We've brought in a recruit, one that's been here before, prior to the rebrand, of course. Um, But happy to have him back. Mike DiStefano, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, man. Glad to be back. Yeah. Hey, we're always happy to have you back. I mean, anyone working for TSN, we're happy to have on the show. Um, it's been a while, though. We we really haven't had you on in a long time. I'm glad you are back. Do you want to maybe tell our fans what uh, what you've been up to?
1: Oh man, just working a lot. Uh, I don't know what was the last time I was on. I don't think I was on maybe the summer, kind of when I think the last time we were chatting was when the CPL put out their like kits.
0: Yeah, I think that was the last time we had you on. So it's it's been a long time. So <laughs>
1: yeah, so that was, I don't know how long ago that was. But uh, it wasn't any time soon, that's for sure. I don't know, I've been doing a lot, just kind of, you know, working at TSN and, and, you know, working on my own podcast. I have uh, a couple of podcasts that I've kind of been doing pretty pretty efficiently, recently, locked on Leafs. For all those Leafs fans out there, if you're looking for some Leafs talk, uh, I, I put out a new podcast almost every day. I try to do it every day. Sometimes, you know, life gets in the way, but we try to put out some content every single day. Um, yeah, no, I just – I. Honestly, man, just happy to be here very top of the sports
0: with you, man. Yeah, it's it's always great to have you back. And, I mean, you mentioned you're working on uh, Overdrive. You've had a great opportunity there. Um, love seeing when you get to sneak onto the show. It's always good. But <laughs> <laughs> um, Yeah, no, we're happy to have you back, and I think we have you in a good time. Middle of NFL playoffs. We got some NHL talk that we're going to have. And, of course, the big story from the last week or so is the uh, – Astro si- sign stealing scandal, which we will also get into a little bit near the end of the show. So, are you ready, buddy? Let's go. All right. Well, we have a new segment for you, folks. It's going to kick off all of our shows. And hey, why don't we name it what it is? It is the kickoff, sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Calling all kickers and punters in the Southern Ontario region. If you are looking for year-round professional development with elite competition, you need to train with Canada Kicking Academy. The Ferraro brothers, Daniel and Gabe, are both University of Guelph alumni, and after illustrious university careers, they want to teach you everything they've learned over the years. If you want to take your special team's game to the next level, you need to train with Canada Kicking Academy. Visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com or follow them on Instagram at CanadaKickingAcademy. So for this one, we're—I mean, why not start with something that we both are interested in right now? Let's start with the NFL. The playoffs have been absolutely insane so far, if you ask me. Bunch of big upsets, a bunch of great games too, in general, all the way back to the wild card round, and a lot has happened. But let's start back in that wild card round. Um, Bills Texans, great game, kind of. Bills go up 16 nothing, and then hand it to the Texans. What did you think of that one, Mikey?
1: Man, that was a terrible game. I mean, we're going back a couple weeks now, but I, uh, yeah, that game kind of turned my stomach. I thought the Bills were going to run away with it, you know. They got off to such a hot start, and then there was that weird, at the, at the start of the second half, touchdown that got taken away from the Bills. I mean, it was just a, an odd rule where... He meant to just give himself up in the end zone, and ended up being called a fumble, and they recovered it. And then the Bills, uh, or the refs, came in and were like, "No, no, no, we're we're just gonna call it a touchback instead." So that was really weird. And that, that
0: one threw crazy. me off, man. That totally threw me off.
1: Yeah, and then the Texans just came back and just. Uh, you know what the turning point in that game was? That JJ Watt sack in the third period, or in the in the third quarter. And the Bills were, were doing a pretty good job limiting that offense. And you know what they, they always say, a strong defense is your best offense. That's not only a thing in hockey, but also in football. You got your defense that can make big plays like that and kind of get the crowd into it. And I think that was the big turning point. That's when Deshaun Watson took over the, the ball uh, on the very next possession, drove down the field and scored. And then they went out and scored on uh, their, their next couple of drives. And ended up taking it to overtime and Simone ended up getting a game winning field goal in overtime and, and getting themselves into the uh, the divisional round. But yeah, that game, oh my God, I, I can't believe that the Bills squandered that chance. They should have won that one. They're the better team. Um, it's just unfortunate uh, that they weren't able to pull it
0: out. Hey, but you got to give Houston credit. Like, they, they fought that game and made sure that they knew what they were doing. And in the end, they pulled it out. Like, it's. It's not easy. It's not easy. Like they fought. They did fight. And that's why you have uh, JJ Watt come back. That was a big boost for them. Um, Even if he didn't play the full game, he was there. He was on the sideline. He was boosting his teammates up. Like that's, that's a big personality. That's a big player to have coming back at the right time. I don't know if he played his best game by any stretch of the imagination, but that's just my opinion. Having him back was huge
1: that the turning point in this game was the J.J. Watt sack in, in, in the third quarter there. Um, I, I just, I don't think the Texans did play well. I think the Bills just kind of shot themselves in the foot. Oh, I agree. A couple of, couple of bad turnovers, a couple of stupid penalties, a couple of phantom calls, in my opinion, also. Yeah. Uh, just so many things went against them, and, and the Texans got so many good bounces, and uh, they were just able to capitalize on, on the couple of chances that they got late in the game and ended up coming away with the
0: win for sure I'm, I'm not saying that the Texans played great I'm just saying that they stayed they kept in the game long enough like they weren't out of the game by any stretch of the imagination because they were getting a couple good calls but they weren't making massive mistakes other than that first drive where they kind of let the Bills do whatever they wanted which by the way when your quarterback has the most passing, receiving, and rushing yards on a drive, that's that's got to be one of the few times in history that's happened.
1: Oh, that was that was a
0: fun drive. It I was
1: watching it as a Bills fan, like that was a really fun drive, um, and then capped off with a receiving touchdown. No, I agree, a hundred percent.
0: I agree, but I'm just saying, I I don't think the Texans, the Texans probably didn't deserve to win that game. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that they deserve some credit for staying in the game long enough to give themselves a chance to win, right? I don't Fair think they deserved it, but enough. the way the world works, it, it is what it is. Um, the other one in the AFC, obviously the Titans beating the Patriots. Did anyone expect that? that? Probably not. I
1: did I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I had the Titans beating the Patriots. Uh, Good for you. I don't think- I think more people had it than, than you would think, to be honest with you. I know a lot of people that I, I chat with, uh, a lot of my friends, you know, the Patriots aren't what they used to be. No. And the Titans, what they what they became late in the season is, is incredible. And when it comes to the NFL, <laughs> it really, in all sports, if you get hot at the right time, that is almost the best recipe for success. You look at the Titans, you look at what Derrick Henry has done. And you look at what he's done even now in that game, and then we did last week against the Baltimore Ravens. Like, Derrick Henry is just a, running like a man possessed right now. He's got, in his last eight games, over, I think he's got 1,300 yards. Or something like it's something stupid, yards. yeah. It's, inc- it's insane, insane. He's got over 150 yards in, like, five of his last eight games. He's 180
0: in his last three, doesn't he?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like he's breaking records out here. Yeah, um, easily breaking he, records. <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's against the Patriots' defense, which came into with, with the number one defense in the league. Yeah. regular season, and he went out there and made
0: them look like 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 Swiss cheese. Children, like Swiss cheese. Holy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. No, absolutely. And you got to give that front line credit. Like they've they've pretty much done it all year. Like they were. I think they were underrated, in my opinion. Because even if you look, I don't know, I I have to find the stats, but I don't think they gave up many sacks either. Like, they've had some bad quarterback play, and that's a whole other issue. But I don't think they gave up a whole lot of sacks in the regular season as a team. So that front line has done a great job to ensure that they allow the leader in Derrick Henry to do exactly what he's done. And that's really what it comes down to. And that's
1: what... Oh, uh, 100%. Like, you're not going to have a strong running game without an offensive line. And sometimes we get a little caught up in, in giving all the credit to the running backs. But for sure, for sure the offensive line is almost 50% of, of a good run game, if not even more than that. Like, how many times have you seen a great running back not be able to do anything if they get some injuries on the offensive line and they lose a big piece of the offensive line. And then opposite, you get a running back with a great O-line and then he just goes off after doing nothing for years and years. And exactly. Years. So he finally has lanes and holes to run through. It's, exactly. It's, it's, offensive linemen are extremely underrated in this game, not only in the running game, but in the passing game too. Like you, You're able to keep your quarterback untouched and keep a clean pocket for an extra second, second and a half. That, that bodes well for the passing game, too. That allows the wide receivers to try and get some separation down the field. But the offensive line, and that's why I think the Titans have been so successful. You know, they're really a nice, cohesive unit right now. And in both, you know, the running game especially, but even in both the running and the passing game, I think that they're, you know, they're doing their job. They're just bullying other uh pulling their, their defensive counterparts in the trenches, and that's been the recipe for success.
0: Absolutely. And it's shown in the playoffs again. two games. I mean, we can even jump forward to their next game where did anyone expect that either? Like, the Titans no, went no, in no, and <laughs> just played well. Like, they, they, there wasn't a whole lot to it, but they, they did what they needed to do, and they pulled out a win against the Ravens, who— I think most people had going to the Super Bowl or at least to the conference championship.
1: Yeah, I think that was more, again, kind of like the Bills game where they kind of shot themselves in the foot, had some had some uh, some unfortunate drops, uh, and Lamar Jackson, some of his throws were, were kind of wonky and, and off at times. Yeah, he didn't he look great. Behind. No, he, he really struggled, so I think in that case he kind of beat himself. And the Ravens beat themselves, but uh, you know, if you want to stick to the offensive narrative, the Titans were kind of able to do whatever they wanted to do against the, the Ravens' defense, which was pretty stout defense. Yeah, um, absolutely. And it just came down to the fact that Lamar Jackson uh, wasn't able to do much. But you know, you got to give credit credit to the to the defense as well. I think the safety tandem of Kevin Byard and uh, Byard, yeah, Kevin Byard and Kenny Vaccaro. Yep. They really stepped up in that game, and I think they've really stepped up over the last we'll say last quarter of the season uh, pretty much. They've been one of the top safety tandems in the league and Kenny Beccaro, this is a guy who he was was a first round pick with the Saints and I think they they cut him like a a couple of years ago and he passed around a couple of teams and found his way in Tennessee and and is kind of having a resurgence here. He's playing phenomenally and I expect for him to, even this weekend against the Chiefs, I expect that safety tandem to be a really big part of trying to slow down
0: Patrick Mahomes. For sure. And I mean, you look at the stats of that game against Baltimore, they gave up 530 yards total, 345 passing yards. They only had 83 passing yards as a team, Tennessee. Like, Tannehill's not lighting it up. It is all Derrick Henry right now.
1: Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, I, I think the fact that the school, the biggest thing that was weird about that game last week was the score because if you look at it, it was what 28 to 12. Yeah. In the finals. the fact that they scored scored 12 points on over 500 yards of offense like that, that does not happen often.
0: Yeah, but uh, here's here's the difference. Here's right here is there's three stats that tell you what the difference was. Baltimore lost a fumble, had two interceptions, and they were allowed Lamar Jackson to get sacked four times. Well, on the flip know. side. Tennessee had no lost fumbles, no interceptions, and Tannehill got sacked once.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. I think that but the, for Baltimore, they just left so many points on the board. I oh, absolutely. Won that their go, like, they had, I think, six trips within field goal range that they came without points. You can't do that. No, you can't.
0: You can't do that, especially in a playoff game.
1: Well, let's say you take those six trips, and let's say you, you just you not even score touchdowns, but you just get field goals on those. Yeah. That's 18 points. 18 plus 12, 28. You're looking at a tie ball
0: game. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: So, uh,
1: you know, the Titans, Titans defense, although they limited Tom Brady in that first game, and they limited Lamar Jackson in the second game on the scoreboard, um, they gave up a lot of offense. And, oh, and 100%. They, they were able to, you know, they... They were bending but not breaking, which I think is going to happen again this weekend. But as long as they don't break, I think that they have a good shot at uh, potentially killing off another
0: three Giants. Yeah, do you think they they could take all three?
1: I think they
2: could.
0: I'm laughing because I just put money down on the Titans. That was that was going to be my big reveal at the end. (laughs) I put five bucks down on the Titans. I'm like, Uh, I have I have faith all of a sudden that they're the dream team for this season and they're just meant to go. Like the Raptors sort of last year where they weren't number one, but they were meant to do it sort of thing, right?
1: I think that's what I'm banking on too. And, and there's, there's you know, a lot of other factors into the game. And if you want to preview the game, I guess we could do that. Yeah, we w- we'll we we'll do it quickly won. after. But um, but there's a lot of factors that I think the Vikings have a, a pretty good shot. I don't know if they'll win, but if you're betting the spread, a pretty good chance of keeping it uh, – to a one-score one score
0: game. Just, just making sure. You mean the Titans, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. You said Vikings. Okay. I was confused there for a second. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> uh, I was thinking, though, we got Vikings and Saints up next. As yes, we do. Game. That was... Yeah, so we'll we'll move on. We'll come back quickly to the Titans-Chiefs after. I mean, that Chiefs-Texans game went pretty much exactly how I thought it was going to go. I wasn't too worried about that one. Like, give, give the Texans credit for putting up 31 points, but when you allow... I think it was 41 straight. At one point, uh, you're you're done. <laughs>
1: that that game was wild. I, it was funny. I was I was driving um, from Niagara to Toronto during the first half of that football game. Yeah. And during the first quarter, you know, I was getting the score. up It was 24 nothing for the Texans. I was like, all right, we're good. The, the Chiefs are gonna have to score 31 unanswered points in order for me to lose this or 34 unanswered points in order for me to lose this, this cover. And then I looked at halftime, and the Texans were losing. I'm like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Like, it yeah. was incredible. Like, it was insane. From the second quarter all the way through the rest of the game, it was pure domination from the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, I was I was working. So I came back into the game, and they had just scored to uh, the touchdown that gave them 41 points. And I had no clue that the uh, Texans had led at any point. Like that was that was not something that I had known. And then the first thing I hear was, "That's forty-one straight points for the Chiefs," and I'm just like, "Wait, what? <laughs> like, how did that happen?"
1: Yeah, it was that was incredible. It was, but you know what, man, Patrick Mahomes—he's going to be the X factor. And know we just talked about how Tennessee might be able to win this game, but he is going to be the X factor. He's on his A game for the entire thing. And if that offensive line can just give them enough time to, to allow those receivers to get open, like, they got a really talented offense, and they proved it by putting up 51 points in three quarters against the Texans. Yeah. it's, it's, it's going to be a toughie this weekend for Tennessee, I can guarantee
0: you that. Oh, I don't think anyone expects it to be a walk game for either team, but if tennis, if Mahomes is on his game and that offense gives him, offensive line gives him anything they might walk. Like, they they might just walk through the Titans. As good as the Titans have been in the playoffs and as good as that running game is, they, the Chiefs can just blow teams out of the water. And we've seen that all year for the past two years.
1: No, for sure they can. I, they're a very talented team. They might be the most talented... Uh... I think San Francisco is the most talented team, but they're definitely the more talented team between them. Oh, for sure. In Tennessee, for that sure. Being said, all the talents on one side of the ball, where I think Tennessee's a little more evenly uh, distributed across the board, and that might give them a little bit of an upper hand to try and keep this
0: one close. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you on that. So um, it'll it'll be an interesting game. Again, I put money down on Tennessee to win the Super Bowl. We'll see. Um,
1: I, I, Henry is definitely going to be the extractor here for the Titans, and not just Derrick Henry, but the fact that he's going to have to be able to control the clock. They're just going to run the ball and try to run the clock down as much as possible and keep Mahomes off the field. But I think that's going to be the biggest, uh the biggest thing that the Titans are going to want to try and do. And if they can do that, I think that they'll be successful in this
0: game. That's fair. That's that's completely fair. I think it'll be uh it'll be interesting to see. Um So we've exhausted the AFC. NFC has sort of gone, for the most part, how I think everyone expected. Maybe that Viking Saints game didn't. I think a lot of people had the Saints winning that one, and that was uh, a bit of chaos. So do you want to talk about that one first?
1: Yeah, I think that was the only game where I think you could say that 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 one was a surprise. Uh, The Vikings, you know, they were an an inconsistent team, and I think that's why going into this one, they were the 6th seed going against the Saints seed. Drew Breeze inside his house. You know, Brees having a terrific year once again and the Vikings were missing a couple of their, their key corners and he just figured that he was just going to throw all over them and if not, then Kamara was going to run all over them. But that just didn't happen. They were able to kind of really limit uh, the Saints and just it's not that they controlled the game. No, like, it, it wasn't really a yeah, it was kind of a boring game, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. The Cavs did enough to win, uh, but I, I, I was expecting it. I thought the Saints were going to blow them out. And the fact that they kept it so close, uh, I thought that they were going to have to maybe stand a chance. And Kirk Cousins actually played decently in that game as well. And I thought, oh, maybe if Kirk Cousins can come play like this again in the following week in the <laughs> divisional round, Oh,
0: maybe those 10 chance kids the 49ers. I was wrong about that. <laughs> yeah, you, you were a little wrong about yeah, that. No. But um, one of my uh, classmates, because I'm, you know, back in school, unfortunately. Um, the, he was uh mentioning, though, that there's a stat on Kirk Cousins. Because I think they played the – uh, did he play primetime that week? Was that the primetime game or was that a 1 no, o'clock game? There was no pri- it was a 1 o'clock game. Okay. Yeah, no, he's, und- he's-
1: to win in primetime and he's just like a pumpkin out there during
0: prime time games. yeah but That's he's he's is. almost undefeated or has like a ridiculous record at one o'clock games like no matter who he's playing he he manages to play so well at one o'clock and it goes back to even back when he was playing at Michigan State like he always played well at one o'clock uh it's something about his routine that he's figured out the one o'clock games but then anything at four five six or prime time he cannot figure it out and so it's funny like we talk about the wild card game and him beating them beating the saints and him playing so well it was a one o'clock game and then you see him the next week where they played What i think they what time was the game last week um regardless it wasn't a one o'clock game i think it was a six o'clock or five o'clock game and he lost and he played bad and he played bad like it was it wasn't a good game at all he played bad Right, Absolutely that's terrible. that's that's a crazy stat, and I can't. I wish I had the exact stat, and I can't seem to find it. But like, just imagine that. That just the time of the game threw him off completely.
1: Hey man, It's it's a pattern at this point. It really is a pattern. It is 100
0: percent. canvassing to see what team he should be on,
1: he's got to be somewhere in the East. That is a terrible team, so that they never want to give them prime time.
2: J
0: E T S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Wait, did I say Wah. that? No, Wah. did I say that?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, no, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I was, I was just kidding. Uh, Dolphins maybe might be a nice fit for them because they don't get many primetime games. Um, I'm trying to think of who else. Uh, Tampa, if Mary, if uh, Winston doesn't come back.
1: He's
0: he's on contract. Yeah, he's on contract anyway, so it doesn't matter. But no. uh, but yeah, no, it's just funny, like, the the complete difference in the two games that the Vikings played, like, they, I thought they were, I thought they controlled most of the game against the Saints, like, it was a close game, don't get me wrong, like, the Saints were in it and everything, but, like, the Vikings never looked down and out at any point, like, Drew Brees did what he needed to do on drives, right, there's no doubt about it, but. Like, you look at it, and it's like, holy crap. Like, the Vikings played really well that game. And then they go out against San Fran and just pretty much laid an egg. They had the fewest uh, yards total in a playoff game in the Super Bowl era. Yeah. 147 total yards of offense. And they held Cook, Delvin Cook, who was one of the league's best rushers this season, to 18 yards. Well, that's what happens when you have no passing game to balance off the run. Yep. Right? Like that's, that was the difference right there.
1: Oh, 100%. 100%. And, and I think that's another uh, – kind of a – not to go back to and the Chiefs, but that's the problem with the Chiefs. They don't really have a running game outside of their – I guess the quarterback is, is mobile, but, you know, they don't really have a running back that is a big enough threat.
2: That, yeah.
1: Uh, if they had a running back like they did when they had Kareem Hunt, that just made Patrick Mahomes that much more lethal. Exactly. And you know, I'll be curious to see what they end up doing in the draft this year. I I would suspect that they get themselves a a top tier running back just to make that team give them that little bit more of an edge. For
0: the Chiefs, year. right? Yeah. 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 I yeah. know yeah, I agree, and I think the Vikings. The Vikings have the pieces. They just haven't put the puzzle together. No. If that makes sense.
1: I don't know what to think of them. They have great running uh, great running back. They got some, some really good receivers. The quarterback, it depends on the time of the day the game starts. <laughs> they got a good defense. I don't know what it is about the Vikings, but they're just too inconsistent for my liking.
0: The Vikings always scare me because, I mean, like, you know, I grew up a Packer fan. It's The Vikings are always just that team that we can't seem to get past. So I'm glad they're out of the playoffs because now we have to play San Fran and, he, God, who knows what this Packer team, but... Um yeah, like it's the Vikings always confuse me. I never know what to expect from them week to week like quarter to quarter some games. You just don't know what you're going to get.
1: Yeah, let me ask you as a Packers fan. Yeah. What do you think's going to happen this weekend?
0: Okay, let's get to how they got there and then we'll talk about the game this weekend because we still have two games to talk about. We have to talk about the Seattle Seahawks beating um oh god, blank I just blanked there totally. Philly. The Philly, and yeah, that that was a game that the Seahawks should have had home field advantage. <laughs> like, that was a bad game, just a just a terrible game. We'll we'll really skim over that. Seahawks won. They did what they needed to do. They got into the next round. That game against Green Bay was a good game. To be honest, like I think I think both teams had some great plays, and they both played well. It wasn't like a, a snooze fest by any stretch of the imagination. Green Bay ended yeah. up on top because Aaron Rodgers knows how to control games. As a quarterback, he did his, he did what he needed to do to get his team the W. Yeah, almost let it slip, though. Oh, 100%, but he did what he needed to do, and it ended up being okay. Yeah, but
1: yeah, yeah. I think the Packers... Funny, they're they're 13-3, and but you take a look at, you know, kind of the wins that they've had, and a lot of them are pretty lucky wins. I think the Packers, although I believe that they're defensively a lot better than they have been in the past. Oh,
0: this is the best Packer defense I can remember in the last 10 years. Offensively, it just seems
1: like Aaron Rodgers, much like Tom Brady, has kind of gone to the other side of the cliff a little bit. He's no longer the man who who I have faith in that can you know drive down the field and score at will
0: unless it's the fourth quarter no matter no matter every gear every game this year he managed to drive down the field in the fourth quarter so if it's the fourth quarter have at it have fun i i trust him the rest of the game not a chance for me and
1: i, I keep wanting to talk about this weekend just cuz that's what's the top no
0: no we're going to don't worry i want to get to that don't worry
1: Finally, have a a really good game. I think he kind of he was injured for a lot of the year and wasn't really healthy. Not not himself. Well, he wasn't the dominant number one receiver that you know Rodgers kind of needed. Oh, absolutely. So it was good to see him kind of uh, break out. the wrong word, but have himself uh, the best the best game of the year, I guess. Yep. You know, 160 yards, two scores. Um, that was, that was Rodgers' guy. That was three He, 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 he Rogers passed for 243 yards, 160. those went to one man. So...
0: No, uh, I, I, I completely agree. And having him back was huge at the way he used to be. Was just massive for the Packers last week.
1: Yeah, and he's going to have to be that for the rest of the playoffs if they want to win themselves the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with you. 100%. I love the Packers. They're not... They're probably not winning the Super Bowl. I'm not even sure if they make it out of the uh the conference.
1: Man, it, it, it's you know they've done a really good job for this team. A couple of guys who came over free agent signings. I think even one of them was a free agent signing like The Smith brothers? The Smith Bros.
0: Not actually brothers, but yes. It? <laughs> no, I, hey, I'm just making sure for our fans. Okay, we don't know.
1: Yeah, fair enough. They've been great. They've, they've been fantastic. fantastic. Junior Alexander, sophomore corner, he's been really good uh, this season. Kevin King, rookie Darnell Savage at safety. Like they've they they really built themselves a, a decent defense here, and you know to to kind of stifle. Uh, Russell Wilson in that game last week does give me a little bit of does give me a little bit of uh, what's sort kind of looking here confidence skepticism that they might be able to slow down the 49ers this weekend
0: absolutely and the thing is is that if the Green Bay Packers win this weekend if it will be one hundred percent because of the defense I think. I don't think this offense is going to beat the 49ers offense if it's just the offense is going well. If the Packers win, it's because the defense stopped the 49ers.
1: Yeah, because I think the 49ers are going to do everything they can to stop the Packers offense. Yeah. Like, the, the, the Niners defense is, I mean, next, to, the, next to, to New England, they're the second best defense in the league. Yeah. The number one passing defense in the league. So that's that's and, and think about what they did the last time that these two played each other. They shut down Aaron Rodgers and the pack. So I, I mean, does history repeat itself? I don't know. I'd like to think that Aaron Rodgers took a hard look at the tape from that game and kind of figured out what he needs to do to be better. Because Aaron Rodgers has to be better if they stand any any chance of winning this game. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it's gonna be because of the defense to be honest with you, I'm I'm kinda of opposite on that. I think Aaron Rodgers is gonna to have to show up in this game for them to win.
0: I get that. I, I really do. Um I just think that if Aaron is gonna have a chance to, it's gonna be because the defense did what they needed to do.
1: Oh, yeah, no, hundred
0: percent. I think I think that's I think that's my mindset is that because because Aaron's played the way he has this year, it's tougher to count on the offense to win the game. Whereas I can count on the defense. I might be able to count on the defense to actually shut this San Francisco team down, or at least slow them down enough to give the offense a chance. Yeah, that's fair. Right. I mean, that's you look at you look at this Packer defense. Like they've been good. Like I think they're underrated, in my opinion for the first time in a while because they've actually played very, very well. Um, yards per game against, they are ranked way lower than I thought they were. They're 18th, but they've only given up the ninth fewest points in the league.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I think that they've, they've taken a huge step. Um, I don't think they're underrated at all. I think they're getting a lot of notoriety for leading this Packers team to a 13-3 season uh, for the first time since geez. Uh, probably Aaron Rodgers' entire career there's actually a defense to go along with his offensive prowess. Yeah, And it's unfortunate that he's not that Rodgers is the one that's not answering the bell compared to the defense who's been opposite for so many years but at what 35 36 years old
2: father time might be starting to catch up to him a little bit. Yeah
0: no I agree and I think it's
1: because they finally have a defense that can slow down opposing teams that, that could allow this Green Bay Pack to you look at like so many of these playoff games that they played in the past you know 46 to 40 53 or 54 to 48 like these are high scoring games that they've had they've had to be in shootouts and rogers had to be amazing um he doesn't have to do that anymore he just has to be good enough and protect the football and they're gonna have a chance they're going to have a chance, but he's the one who's going to be the X factor. He's going to be really
0: good to, to get that done. Absolutely. And, I mean, hey, you know what? The Packers also had the third most interceptions in the league. And, like, the 49ers weren't uh, – they were way further down. How was their run
1: day? Uh Let me check. That's, that's, you know, the 49ers,
0: they're going to
1: run the ball 75% of the game. I'm, I'm not expecting Jimmy Garoppolo to, to be the savior here for San Francisco. He'll come up with some nice, nice passes, get it off to, to Debo Samuel and and uh, who's the? They, they traded for somebody mid-season. They traded for Manuel Sanders, um, and then obviously George Kittle, another guy he can dump it off to. Yeah. But George Kittle can also be a big-time factor in the running game. Uh, he's he's kind of taken over Gronk as that elite, elite blocking tight end who can also be elite in the passing game as well so yeah uh, man this this is going to be a good game i'm really excited for this one yeah
0: that i think that is the better of the two remaining games but
1: oh for sure for sure for me i'm taking the niners on this
0: one yeah i think in my head i'm taking the niners in my heart i am (laughs) not
2: I don't blame you. I don't blame you. But, but I think don't blame you. logically, if I
0: if I think about the game logically, yes, the Niners should win. They should win. Outright or, or against the spread? What's the spread at right now? Seven and a half. Um I th- I think they went outright. Um at a seven and a half spread, ah, ooh. I think I might say the Packers would cover the seven and a half. I think they lose by seven, but I think they cover the seven and a half. All right. I think it's right. like a 35-28 game sort of thing.
1: We're against each other again.
0: <laughs> you think they? You think they cover too?
1: No, 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 no. I, I. San Fran. I think this is a double digit game.
0: Yeah, so that uh, sorry, that's I, I that's what I meant in my head, that San Fran covers that,
1: but Yeah. I didn't think they
0: cover the, the spread. That's fair. I mean you look at some of the projections and they're they're calling it like a four point game, um with San Fran still winning, but I don't know. I I, I think it'll be a fun game to watch. Um if Rodgers goes vintage, that would be fantastic. I'd love that, but I don't believe (laughs) that's going to happen. No, it'll be a good game. So I think that's pretty much covered everything.
1: Richard Sherman versus Devontae Adams is going to be a really fun matchup to watch, too. That
0: that will be good. That will be very fun. Um, We've got some good matchups just in the two games in general. So this will be a good championship uh, round. And then winners go on to the Super Bowl down in Miami
1: they're at seven and a half which would indicate that they're not going to be too close of games but i'm really excited for both matchups yeah i think they're going to be fun games
0: they're going to be interesting games like for very different reasons for sure so i'm excited but uh, yeah that'll. i guess that pretty much does it for the nfl that was that was a long nfl talk i'm sorry buddy <laughs> um man, i love my football i know you do But that was our uh, kickoff sponsored by Canada Kicking Academy. Don't forget to follow them on Instagram at Canada Kicking Academy and visit them at CanadaKickingAcademy.com if you would like to take them up on their offer. They're great guys. We had Gabe on uh, a few weeks ago. He's a fantastic player. Just got signed, by the way, recently to the Ottawa Red Blacks uh, to be their kicker for next season. So we're very excited about that. Um, So don't forget to follow him. And his brother, Daniel, they are fantastic people to watch. Um, Let's move on. We got the NHL. Lots going on, obviously, in the NHL, but uh, we've been out for a a little bit. So we've missed the final four getting into the um, All-Star game. We've also missed, you know, just some general standing stuff. So where would you like to start, Mikey? Mikey.
1: what's going on in the NHL standings wise i don't know where were we are at last time was was tampa looking like the, the beast in the east again or was toronto looking like a, a perennial you know contender and there's there's been a lot of kind of flip flopping here from there has been or two
0: ago. there has been for sure i mean, think the last time we talked was uh, mid december sort of thing just before christmas so Tampa had a bunch of games in hand on everybody, but they were looking okay. Toronto was being Toronto and just being... They were just after Keith, I guess, sort of took over, so they were on a little bit of a hot run. But no, I mean, they've been... Uh, both teams have done the right thing in the last couple of weeks, and they've put themselves in good spots. Um, obviously, Toronto is now two points up on Florida, but Florida has two games in hand, which is a little... A little worrisome if you are a Leaf fan.
1: Well they uh, still do have I think three games against each other, maybe only two games, but two or three games against each other through the rest of the season. Yeah. I think those are gonna be those are gonna be key when it comes down to, you know, that final spot in the Atlantic division. I think again it's, it's Boston and Tampa are gonna end up taking it one two, however that turns out to be, I don't know yet. Maybe Tampa ends up winning the crown again. I could see it happening. Um, but that that third spot, I think is, I've always thought, was going to be between Toronto and Florida. And if Florida could just get that goaltending going, uh, I think Lebrowski's actually injured right now. And, and Chris Dregers had to come in and, and be yeah. uh, amazing. And I don't know if you remember Dreger back when we both were kind of doing some work with the Brampton Beast. He was yeah. there for a few games. <laughs> and, he uh,
0: looked it, good back then. The like deal. You and me both said the same thing. Like He looked good, but it's also the E.
1: Work their way up through the system and and becoming a, a, a stud goaltender, but you no, know, Chris Treggs actually played pretty well for Florida. He has he's kind of kept them alive in this race.
0: He has, and he's done a good job.
1: 10. Yeah, he, he honestly, yeah, he's been great. Um, but you know, they're they're gonna have to get their ten million dollar goalie back, uh, and and he's gonna really have to kind of shut things down and, and get this team going again if they want to get themselves into the playoff picture and. And win the Atlantic. I think they can, honestly. I I think they can win an Atlantic spot. I'm not as sold on Toronto uh, finishing in the top three, mainly because, you know, this Morgan Riley injury, I think is going to be costly. Oh, for sure. Big time injury. Jake Muzzin, uh, he's injured too. He's supposed to be coming back sometime after the All-Star break, so I guess he's not going to be missing too much more time, but... O'Reilly's a big mess, uh, and they still have some other injuries too. That
2: you know, Trevor
1: Moore hasn't come back. McKeever, he's probably out for the season. And uh, I just gotta do something with the back of goalie position. To to be quite honest with you, I'm not a fan of Michael Hutchinson at all. I know that he's played a little bit better as of late. I was gonna say he has
0: so. he has played better for sure. Like you got to give the guy credit. He's he right. went through a very tough stretch at the beginning. In the last couple games, he's looked better. But yeah, it's it isn't ideal for sure.
1: No. I think that they gotta they gotta do that. I think I, Alexander Georgiev of New York Rangers is a guy that they've apparently checked in on, who I think would be a fantastic addition. Not too sure what it would cost. Them. I was gonna
0: say I feel like that would cost a lot. Like Rangers are high on Gorgiev.
1: I mean, I think they could they would probably do it for like a prospect and a second round pick, which I mean that that's that's, that's not insignificant, but if there's any interest in maybe a Jeremy Bracco or, or yeah. some other player, like I think that they could look into it or even a bigger deal where maybe a guy like Andreas Johnson has become a little bit expendable because players like Pierre Engval uh, have have kind of stepped up and, and, and I know Mikhaev and
0: I was gonna say Mikhaev too for sure. They're injured,
1: so they're not doing anything right now, but like when they get back if there's going to be some, some guys who are going to have to be left off of the lineup, to be quite frank. And I think maybe if you move out one of those forwards who have a pretty big ticket um, of, of, uh, on your contract, I, I think that that could potentially bring in a backup goaltender, maybe even a secondary piece, like another defenseman, to also help out with the Riley injury.
0: Yeah. I mean, like right now you're missing four starters. Yeah, well, I mean, key players in Trevor Moore, Makayev, Muzzin, and Riley. But the offense hasn't really missed a beat. Like, they're third in the league in goals right now, behind only uh, Washington and Tampa.
1: Austin Matthews is playing like a man possessed right now. Yeah. He's got 15 goals, last 14 games. He is on a tear. Uh, you know, Got a hat-trick of the other night. The biggest thing for me in that, that offense is, you know, they finally have both of their top two lines going at the same time. Yeah. Which early in the year, that wasn't the case. It was either the Tavares line was rolling or the Matthews line was rolling. But they weren't doing it at the same time, and they kept losing games. 4-2, 4-1, 3-1, 3, one, three two, and they weren't scoring a lot. Yeah. Now you look, they went on like what, like a 14-game streak where they scored three or more goals. Yeah, it's it
0: was, it was something games. crazy like that, yeah.
1: Nine games, scoring four or more. So that's been the recipe for success for the Leafs. They're finally scoring goals, and I don't expect that to change. But, you know, Freddy's facing a lot of rubber. And that's that's the issue of the, the, the injuries to the back end. I think that's the problem there. And, you know, time has shown, or history has shown, that when Freddie Anderson plays more than 60 games or 60 games plus in a season, he his play starts to deteriorate. Yep. So if they don't get themselves a backup or they don't, give him you know some time off down the stretch uh it's not gonna look right because this team over the last few years has had a significantly worse second half than first half yeah and i don't think they can afford to have that this year because they got off to such a rough start during
0: no absolutely i i agree and i think when you're, I mean, I'm looking on Daily Faceoff, but the they're listing Travis Dermott and Justin Hull as the top pairing defense.
1: Yeah, now Justin Hull's actually had a pretty good season. He
0: has. Um, don't, don't get me wrong, I love Justin yeah. Hull. I think he's looked really good, and I like Dermott too. But when they're listed as your top pairing defense, it that's not good.
2: No. We no, know that, not.
0: and when your second pairing has Marty Marinchen on it. It's another issue. Oh, they're, they're, they're,
1: they're, like six man defensive unit right now could rival an, like an AHL squad. Honestly, I think
0: there's it. some CHL squads that their six man units could rival the a- Leafs yeah. right now. Uh, I go a little bit overboard on that one. But I know I'm just being I'm just know, being facetious, know. you know that. Well, but I, I mean I, I I I had this conversation in class. Well, not in class, but in between classes. Um, with all the injuries, do they give Lilgren a shot? Because they called him up, I know he's there, why not? Like, I, I don't see why you wouldn't at this point, and he was playing with Sandin down in the A, right? Yeah. Why not put them as your third pair? Yeah,
1: no, that's a good question. Uh, I asked the same thing. Like, why isn't he being given a shot, especially with all the injuries that they have right
0: now? Well, like, and before Riley went down, I understood why they weren't giving him a shot, because Sandin was the better of the two. Like, I get that.
1: Well, okay, so, so here's the other thing, too. Although we're talking about the injuries uh, to Riley and Muzzin, yeah. both left-shot defensemen play on the left side. Lillard a right shot, he plays on the right, and, you know, they've been relatively healthy this year, whether it was Justin Hall, Jake Muzzin, and although I think that he's a terrible player, but Cody Cece has played a lot of minutes uh, for the Leafs this year, and right. he's played in a lot of key situations. So they clearly like him more than I do, so, I mean, there's nothing we can do about that.
0: Oh, and, and I but get he's that. he's really
1: the only one who they can take out of the lineup, and are you going to take him out of the lineup, a guy who, who kills penalties for you, who who plays you know, 18, 20 minutes a night for you, for a rookie who could probably only give you who you who you only will trust with about 14 or 15 minutes of ice time. It's kind of tough to to make that decision. Without an injury, I don't see it happening. Okay. If an injury to Hall or CC or or even Tyson Berry happens, then I think we would get an opportunity to see him in the Leafs uniform this season.
0: See, I was was only asking because I know, like, obviously not many people like Marty Marincin in Leafland. He's always there but he's always been, like, the seventh guy that no one really wants them to put him in. I think if they put, if they gave Lilgren a shot, like, not every game, but maybe every other game to play with Sandin, right, to just to keep their chemistry together, because that those two could be key, like, second-line players in a year or two, yep. right? That, that could be your second pairing. Like, Barry's probably gone at the end of the season, right? Just because of contract issues, um, I think Lilgren has a chance to be better than C.C. Call me crazy. Yes, I would hope so. <laughs> Call me crazy. <laughs> Seriously, I hope so. Right. The other thing too, though, is you don't want to you don't want to expose
1: him too early and have him have to learn, you know, kind of on the go in nope. the NHL. And Now that being said, he has been over in Europe now for or, uh, he came over from Europe a couple of years ago, so yeah. he played the North American game
0: for a couple of years now. Yeah, so. this is his second full year, isn't it? Yeah, I
1: believe so. So, I mean, it, it, I think he was hurt last year a little bit as well. When
0: he yeah, he was. Years, so he, he was. He was. lost a little bit of development time there. I don't know. I just
1: I get the sense that they want to just have him finish out the year with the Marlies if possible. I don't think they're, they're, they're going to take a chance to, to try and fit him in just to fit him in, If, if you know what I mean? Um, just to give him games, although I think I would like that, just to kind of see what you have and to give him a taste of of what it takes to to be in the NHL. And then, you know, now that he knows because he's played two or three games, he's like, okay, wow, yeah, no, I need to work on this. This is different from the AHL. This is different from back in Sweden. You know, this is what I need to work on. I think the only way that you do that and get better, kind of like we saw with Sandine, is to give him that experience and let him learn for himself and then he can work on it when he's back down
0: the AHL. Exactly. And, I mean, right now you have the opportunity where you have two top players out, right? And, yes, I know the right side is okay, but. That's, but, that's, a, big,
1: that's a big deal, though. Like, that's a really big thing. I know that most people just kind of look at them as a collective six-man units. Yeah. But righty left is a big, thing. No,
0: I, I agree. I'm not I'm not arguing that at all. I, I, I totally agree with you. But my my argument is, is that they called him up. Isn't he with the squad right now?
1: Be around NHLers. Uh, I just I don't think they're calling him up with the intent to put him in the
0: game, though. No, I know, but I'm just saying, like, if he's up, you might as well throw him in a game at some point. Right? Pick uh, a game. Pick a game.
1: Yes and no. I, I I mean, sure, yeah, of course, you you could totally do that. I probably would do that myself. I just don't think that the Leafs are going to do
0: it. That's fair. I don't know. Hey, it's just my thought. Like, I. I've, you don't have to listen to me at all. It's just what I've been thinking. <laughs> but I had, yeah, I had that conversation in class. All right, again, in between classes, and I'm like, hey, yeah, that could be a very solid third line pairing right now. Anyways, um,
1: next year it's going to have to be too because, well, they're going to be right up against him with the cap again, and he's going to be on a nice cheap contract, and uh, probably one of their better right hand shots. So I think next year he'll definitely factor into the plans. Oh, don't see it this year. I also think they could possibly go out and get somebody for the right side this year, which would kind of move him down the pecking order a little bit, uh, a rental maybe even, or even yeah. somebody with term. I've kind of heard Damon Severson's a player that might make a little bit of sense uh, from yeah, he would. they end up going into a fire sale. so. He would. He would
0: make sense, but we have to, we'd have we have to move contract.
1: Right, and that's when you get into the whole uh, you know, Kaspary Kapanen or Andreas Janssen Part of, of
0: those yep. No, I agree. I agree with you. Um, quick hits in some of the other divisions. Um, the Metro has gone almost exactly how most people thought it would. Now, I guess Pittsburgh is higher than some people thought, but overall it's pretty close to what everyone thought. Um, Pittsburgh has been
1: amazing. I think they are not getting enough
0: credit. No. Uh,
1: you think about they lost Crosby, they've lost Latang for a lot of for pretty much half the season. I think Latang's been out for a lot. Yeah,
0: Brian he De- has because he's on my fantasy team and it was killing me. <laughs> exactly. Brian Dumoulin's
2: been out for most of the year. He's a defenseman who plays twenty yep.
1: twenty one minutes a
2: night for them. Yep. Uh, Jake
1: Gensel now out for a while. Malkin was out for for about a month. Yeah. Uh, they have had so many injuries. And, you know, there was also the injury to Matt Murray, which allowed Tristan Jerry to turn into a Vesna candidate goaltender. Yeah. Everything had
0: kind of happened, right?
1: It just, everybody kind of stepped up. And then Brent, um, or Brian Rust is, is averaging a point per game. He, he even he was injured for about 10 games this year. But he's really turned into a nice piece uh, in, in Crosby's absence. Him and, and Malkin have really kind of found a nice little. Uh, a nice stride here into the midway mark of the season and you know now you're looking and Pittsburgh a team who I personally thought might not even make the playoffs this year I'll admit that I thought that they were going to take a step back yeah here here they are pretty well cemented into the playoffs and now they're getting Crosby back LeTang seems to be healthy uh, Dumoulin I think is going to be coming back in the next month or so uh, Gensel is going to be out I think he's out for the year which is unfortunate but yeah you know, I, I just they're a team that's really just chugging along no matter what. Mike Sullivan's doing some really good things out in Pittsburgh. He's he's, he's a, a he's a, a good
0: coach. He is a good coach.
1: Yeah, he deserves a lot of love in the uh, Jack Adams consideration this year.
0: Absolutely. Um I agree with you hundred percent on that. And they've they've played great and Jari has stepped into that role with flying colors. So that they deserve where they are. Um coaches. And the coaches. That too. Yeah.
1: Well, no, but speaking of coaches, I think that probably leads us into a conversation that we could probably have about uh, why the heck did Vegas fire Gerard Grant?
0: Yeah. um, I was going to ask you about that as we slipped over to the West. Can you... Can, w- I feel like you're a little bit more plugged in being at TSN <laughs> than I am. Sure. Can you... Explain to me what you're thinking on that, because I thought Gallant was doing really well, and now, I mean, they're not in a Pacific. Well, they're tied for the third in the Pacific with your your Canucks, by the way, which we'll get back to. Um, like I, I don't get the logic behind it.
1: Here it is, man. Stupidity. Okay. As long as we're
0: on the same page.
1: From what I'm hearing, this seems to be a management issue and the ownership seems to be meddling a little more than I would like uh, for a hockey club. And I think it was more so the pressure to to win and to succeed and the fact that they were a 500 team and just on the cusp of the playoffs and not quite in the playoffs, they were literally three points away from from the Pacific Division crown. Not just the playoffs, but literally leading the division, three points out, and they fire their head coach. Yeah. Like, I just—it wow.
0: doesn't make sense a, to me.
1: A guy who brought your expansion team all the way to the Stanley Cup final just a year and a half earlier.
0: Doesn't make sense.
1: It's—it's it's, it's like you would think that that would have given him a little bit of a leash than being five hundred. Yeah. In year three. And only three points out of the division spot. Yes,
0: exactly. I don't get it. It's dumb.
1: You know what's going to happen now, right? Like, Peter DeBoer's taking over, which, whatever, DeBoer's a good coach. He did a lot of good things in San Jose. to kind of an aging team this year. And
0: and I think he lost the room a little bit.
1: Yeah, a little bit. I and mean, he's been there for a while. But I think, uh, you know, that that allowed them to bring in a veteran coach. Uh, and so they kind of jumped on it. But I don't think it was a good move. No. That being said... I don't think that they're going to really kind of go on a slide because of it. I think that this team is just too good, too skilled. I can't believe we're talking about this being a third-year expansion team, but they're just so good, so deep. Um, They're going to go on a run. This is a terrible division. Yeah. Uh, Like They can easily win two rounds through this division and end up just walking to a conference final appearance. And then the storyline is going to be wow. They made a, a coaching change. Peter DeBoer brought a team that wasn't in the playoffs. Brought them all the way to the conference final. And it's like, well, if they would have done that anyway, probably, <laughs> if they would have stayed the course with Galant. Yeah. Like, exactly. It's idiocy.
0: It's dumb. Um, I I didn't get it. I think that division is one of the more entertaining top fives in the league right now. Because you have three, five teams, uh, separated by two points.
1: Right, like, like Edmonton tonight—they're nine in the playoff spot. No. But if they win, <laughs> they're tied for the division lead. <laughs>
0: yeah, with the same number of games played. Yeah. Which is yeah. dumb. How crazy is that. Right. That's that's what I'm saying. This division has been fun, and three Canadian teams are currently sitting. Actually, they—I think Edmonton is in a playoff spot right now. By the way, I think they're in the wild card. Uh, you know what? They might be. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they were they're 1 point up going into Saturday action.
1: Yeah. yeah, 1 point on Winnipeg. Yeah. You're right. So,
0: they had five they had three Canadian teams from that division all in the playoff spot. Vegas and Arizona, the other two. Um it's been fun to watch that division. Actually, honestly, I like watching both Western Conference divisions this year. They've been fun. They've yeah. been fun. I, You know me, I like the Avs. They've been fun to watch both divisions.
1: McCarr come back anytime soon? He's been out for a while. He's back. Oh, is he back now? Yes. When did he get back?
0: Like 3 games ago, I'm pretty sure.
1: Oh, okay. All right. You know, the way you said that, I thought he was back for like a month and I was like, "Oh my god, how did I miss this?" Well, okay, so so he's he's recently back. That's good. He's
0: played the last 3 games.
1: So, Kyle McCarr was off to an unbelievable season. I thought he was a runaway winner of the Calder Trophy. I thought that he was even in the running, honestly, for me at the beginning of the season, for the North. Maybe not quite make the ballot, but yeah, in the North. Oh, I had him top five. He was in the conversation. I had
0: him top five.
1: He was leading the like the, the all defensemen in goals.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I hundred percent agree. And there's another name on that back end that probably doesn't get enough credit, um, uh, but has played unreal, Gerard. He has looked so good this year, especially yeah. lately. He's really coming to his own lately.
1: Man, he was part of that Duchene deal. That Duchesne deal just it just keeps on giving, man. <laughs> yes, it does. It's great, it's great. For
0: it's been great.
1: <laughs> you know who it worked out worse for? Which is funny, Nashville. <laughs> That's who it ended up working the worst for. Yeah. I they gave up Sam
0: well, I think it worked out better for them the first year. I think you can argue the first year it looked good for them and then after that it was it's been really leaning towards Colorado.
1: No, Octuris is just I don't know what happened to him but He, he fell off a, off a cliff. Yeah, he fell off a cliff. He's like borderline uh, Unplayable. Like, probably having a healthy scratch conversations right now regarding him.
0: Didn't they already healthy scratch him?
1: Well, I think he was healthy scratch under Laviolette, but now under this new coach, I think they were hoping that you know Kyle Turris making <coughs> six and a half million dollars yeah. a per season, uh, they were hoping that maybe a new coach could help spark him because that's a lot of money to be paying somebody to to be a fourth liner. Trust to me. twiddle his I thumbs mean, in the press, the press box. Erickson. Exactly, uh, but it doesn't seem like the switch has really done much for him. No. It hasn't. Um, and I don't know if it will. Nashville's eh, a weird team. They're not getting the goaltending. That's another thing too. Pecorine, not what he used to be, man. No. U C Soros. I don't think he's quite as good as we all initially thought he was gonna be.
0: I think U C Soros might fall into the Curtis McElhaney great backup conversation.
1: Uh, he might. Uh, he might be more of like. Uh, oh man.
0: A one point five.
1: No, like a like a Daro Halak who could. He can he can be a starter, but he's probably better set as like
0: a one B type. Yeah, but that's that's what McElhaney is. That I was he's saying, you know. Halak and McElhaney are sort of the same th- like thing. Like you can trust them for a short spurt if the starter gets hurt, but anything over ten games, that's when it becomes uh, I don't know. is not
1: in your Halak
0: No, but but I don't think Halak can be a true starter.
1: Uh, he's proven it though. Is, is the thing. I guess. He's been a starter for many, many years. Uh, yeah, he's but on bad Islander teams. Well, I, no, he started in St. Louis he was a starter, and I think he he started some games
0: in Washington too. Started some games. I don't think he I don't think he started New games North. in Washington. I don't think he was a starter in Washington.
1: He, he was a starter in Montreal. Brought them all the way to a conference championship. He, he's been a good goalie. Yeah, please don't don't
0: underrate my man Yarol Halak. Okay? Uh, all right, all right. I didn't know you were so sensitive about your Yarol Halak. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> hey man,
0: he's been a good player. Eh, so I give him credit.
1: But he's a one B at the end of the day, a one B.
0: Yeah, but yeah, Thomas like
1: Thomas uh, What if I what if I give you Thomas Grice? Will you like that a little
0: better? I d- I don't like Thomas Grice better than Halak. I like Halak better than Grice. <laughs>
2: really? Yes.
0: I don't think Grice is a starter either. You're n- you're not helping your case in my mind, but. Is <laughs> oh, a one B who
1: started like thirty six games last year?
0: So I know, and I think that was.
1: And had like a two eighteen goal against. Oh. I know. I
0: think he played well last year, but I think that was a product of the situation, not the product of the player.
1: Fair enough. At the end of the day, goaltending is your ride or die in the NHL, and when it comes to Nashville, and when it comes to Vegas. That is kind of what costs both these coaches their jobs, and it's super unfortunate uh, because I think that there's two teams that are extremely talented. If they, you know, forking out a lot of cash to a lot of players, yeah, and unfortunately they're just not getting it done, and the coaches had to pay the price. And Vegas, they are getting it done, so that, I don't want to say that they
0: weren't. I was going to say it's a, it's a little bit different, isn't it? Yeah. yeah that Although a, I guess if you yeah, look at people, it, you know the crazy thing. I'm gonna t- I'm I don't know if you're looking at the stats directly number of points separating Nashville and Vegas Five, six, Nashville. seven right now going into today number of games played Vegas has o- or number of games in hand Nashville has over Vegas four, four. Yeah. they realistically could have more points at the same number of games played No, they do. No, 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 they do. I agree. But let's say they win their two games in hand on everybody in the Pacific Division who are currently ahead of them in playoffs, right? Because Edmonton and Vegas are the two wild card holders right now, and they're six and seven points up. That puts you two and three points back, even with Edmonton. Yeah. It's not a bad spot, right? Like,. They're not out of it. It's just not pretty.
1: No, they're definitely not out of it. But they gotta, they gotta get going. Like, their last, they have three wins the last 10 games.
0: Yeah. It's not, it's, not good. Good. It's, not, it's, it's not good. It's not good. It's either. no good.
1: It's no good. No. Not at
0: all. But, um, um,
1: yeah. I, know, I think one of the more intriguing teams I think down the stretch that I'm kind of interested to see what happens here. Arizona.
0: Yeah. Um, I had them as a playoff team before the season. I, uh, I had them as, playoff as, team.
1: as, a, as a playoff team. Is the
0: division trash or is the division good? Uh,
1: trash. I'm going to go with trash.
0: No, because I'm, I'm just looking at the Central, too. Like.
1: I think St. Louis is better, Colorado is better,
2: Dallas. Ah. The three three teams
1: who are leading the Central are all better than each of the
0: Pacific teams, in my opinion. Very good. You've just pointed out the fact that they have all more points than any team in the Pacific. Not what I was going to get at, though. The rest of the division, I think that Arizona could have competed in the Central division. Against Winnipeg, Chicago, Nashville, Minnesota. That's but that's my point. That puts them in a playoff spot.
1: I, I yeah, no. I, I never said that they weren't a the playoff team.
0: Sounded like you were arguing that the Pacific Division wasn't good enough and they were just beating bad teams. Well, they are beating bad
2: teams. LA, Anaheim, San Jose, those are pretty bad teams.
0: I guess, but what I, my my argument is that you would have gotten Minnesota, Nashville, Chicago. If they were if they happened to be in the Central.
1: Playoff spot. Yeah. But I, I, I think that the fact that they're in a divisional spot, they would not be if they're in the central. Is, is okay. Like the okay. Of, they're, right now, they're tied for the division crown. They get an extra game on Calgary, which is why they're technically in second. Yeah. But at 57 points, that leads the Pacific division. Now,
2: I
0: agree. Yeah, no, I agree with you. It
1: could be all jumbled up. Like I said, Calgary can go from first to fifth with a loss tonight, and everybody else gets a win. It's entirely possible. That being said, I just, like, I don't like Calgary as much as others. Call me crazy. Um,
0: I like Calgary's roster. Does that mean anything?
1: I like a couple of players. I just, they're not deep enough for me, man. Like, if... if Sorry, let me correct.
0: I was going to correct my statement. I like Calgary's roster in the regular season. uh, I'm okay with their lines in the regular season, but they just don't have enough for the postseason.
1: At you know, when it comes to, to, to like, just don't have anyone who could score goals, like if is not scoring, his team's not scoring. Like, if you take a look at all those players of you know, that team and that, I guess, the, the five from Calgary down to Edmonton, yeah. they're the last in goal scored. They only have 133 goals scored, and that's significantly less than the 158 that Vancouver has, 155 that Vegas has, 148 that Edmonton has. Like, it's just
0: Hey, Vancouver boy, did you, uh, at the beginning of the season, think that Vancouver was going to have the most goals for in the Pacific Division? Uh, No, I thought that
1: probably would have went to
0: San Jose, to be honest with you, or Vegas. I was going to say Vegas. Actually, I I was going to say Vegas or Edmonton.
1: Man, I don't know what happened to San Jose this year, but they
0: fell off a cliff. Ah. They forgot how to play hockey. Like, they're not playing hockey. They're skating. They're just not playing hockey.
1: Up, yeah, 'cause Jones was terrible. 'Cause
0: Jones was terrible this year.
1: Oh, I know. Well, he's been terrible. He's he's a bad goalie to have, and he's under contract for the next like four years.
0: Yeah, Dell's been Aaron, better, he's, but he's he's all right, but he's
2: certainly not going to be your starter. <laughs> no, no.
0: Anyway, sidetracked. Yes. They are screwed. They are screwed. Yeah. But, I mean, the top five in the Pacific Division is going to be fun to watch down the stretch. And I'm interested to see how everyone falls into place in the Western Conference. Like, whether Winnipeg can sneak into a playoff spot, or if the Pacific actually gets five. It'll be interesting. Yeah, it should be fun. It should be a fun little race down the stretch. It should be. Are you going to watch the All-Star Game? Honestly? Probably not. you going to watch the Skills Night? I might
1: watch the Skills Competition. Okay. Um, I'm actually, I'm actually really interested to see the the three on three women's women. I honest.
0: am too. It's sort of hard to, I don't know where they're gonna broadcast it yet. I haven't figured that out, but.
1: Oh, I assume it's gonna be broadcasted along with the rest of the skills competition, no?
0: Isn't it Friday? I don't, I don't
1: think it's just a, a gimmicky.
0: No, it's Friday though.
1: Yeah, it's on the skills comp usually, is, isn't
0: it? No, this skills comp is Saturday, isn't it? Oh,
1: I don't know. To be quite
0: honest with you. I'm uh, pretty sure the skills competition is Saturday, and then the uh, All-Star game Sunday.
1: Sunday. That might be true.
0: Let me check. I'm going to find out.
1: Okay. Done. Regardless, I think that that's uh, a really good addition to All-Star weekend, whether it's included in like the All-Star festivities or however it's included. Um, I you know, commend the, the NHL for... Trying to figure out a way to include the women's game and try and grow the women's game, I think that's that's fantastic uh, for them to do. And to be honest, I, I've never enjoyed the All-Star weekend. It's, it's never been a thing for me. I'm not that excited about these, these skills competitions that they do. The game's in- incredibly boring. The switch to 3 on threes helped it a little bit just because three-on-three overtime is, is, is always kind of fun because the amount of offense that you see. But still it it means nothing. There's never any big hits. There's no, no defense really. It's just always uh, an offensive juggernaut going up against each other. I don't know, it's just it's never been for me.
0: Yeah, no, I, I get that. Uh, I did check it is yeah, Friday. I mean? was wrong, I'm sorry.
1: It doesn't mean anything to the players either. So it doesn't mean anything to the players. Why well, should it mean anything to the fans?
0: Yeah, I I, I get that. I mean it's tough. I think it used to mean more. I think you can say that about a lot of the All Star things, but I think it used to mean more.
1: It probably did. But nowadays, I, like especially when it's connected with the bye week, if anything, it just takes away from four extra days of vacation for you.
2: Yeah. So, and
1: now that they've got these bye weeks tacked on before the All Star break or after the All Star break, regardless, you're just it's taken away from your vacation. Who wants that? I mean, no. I don't, play, I
0: don't them. I, I don't either, but...
1: And you get a game suspension, you get an extra day of vacation.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, don't tell coaches that.
1: <laughs> well, you know, like Ovechkin, for example, it's the second year in a row, he's opted to take a game suspension instead of going to the off the break because he's just done
0: with it. Yeah, no, I know, and it's it's kind of a joke. Um, I wish they could figure it away. Uh, to fig to get to make it worthwhile for players to go, but I don't think they. I don't think they can. I don't think there's a way to do it anymore. Like the best one for a while was the MLB All Star Game, because even- it actually meant something.
1: Yeah, and even now I I could
0: care less about that game. No, but that's what I'm saying. It- that's why for a while it was the most important because at one point it actually meant something now doesn't mean anything at all no. so it's it's but, not good but it might be fun. i hope it is for the sake of the sake really <laughs> just just for the sake of sport i hope they can figure it out but i don't think it's gonna happen
2: we got a chat about this
0: yes let's go quickly yes we're we're a little over but it's fine it's been a while since we've talked so um yeah so what are your thoughts on this whole astro sign stealing and all the fun stuff that has come out since then of more ways that they stole signs (laughs) It's, it's a loaded loaded question because
1: there's so many things that i have thoughts on um first and
0: foremost Shame on them. Um, okay, hold that. Let's talk about that first. Because they're not the only team stealing signs. No. I'm sorry. They they got the worst because they did it in a very, very elaborate way. Hold on.
1: Using the technology, and this, this, this got amped up when the information came out about the buzzers. Yeah. Now, it technically it hasn't been proven... And the Astros players, I might add, nobody else, no management or anything, has come out and said anything about it. But the players have come out and said, no, that's bogus, that's not true. I don't know if I'm inclined to believe that. I was going to say, they, they kind of
0: have to say that, don't they?
1: Well, not really. I would, If if it is true, I think maybe better off staying silent because the truth is going to come out.
0: But that's what I mean. Like, But if, if they're being asked direct questions, you kind of just have to say, it's not true.
1: Well, all Tuesday literally went to his agent and said, send out this, like, if they're not being questioned by media. Yeah. Like, two days was well, like,
0: sorry, today, uh, yesterday, uh, like I think Bregman was questioned.
1: He was questioned personally?
0: He was, he was, uh, he got, he was talked to today, or yesterday, one of the two days, I can't remember, by media, and he was asked, and he basically just tried to stay mum. Yeah, I, I just,
1: the buzzer thing, I think, uh, is, is what kind of Kills it for me. Um, there's a lot of conversation whether or not they should take away the title back in 2017. Doesn't matter. And that's my opinion on it too. I don't think it matters. I know Randall Grichik said at the Blue Jays are the He came out. He in his words, he was like, "Yeah, no, get get it out. They take take the title away. They shouldn't deserve it. They don't
0: deserve it. They cheated." You're right. But uh, what what are the like? What's the point of a title at this point? In in all honesty, what does a title mean to you?
1: Nothing, because, I mean, unless they have to give the rings back... I know
0: no, no, no. I'm asking in general. Befo- befo- without talking Astros, what does a title to you mean in any of the major sports? As as you, Mikey DiStefano, what does a title mean to you? Yeah.
1: Well, nothing, because I don't get anything... that'll benefit. Well, that's not true, because let's look at the Raptors, for example. Yeah. Because I'm employed by TSN, I did get a lot more benefits out of them than, than winning a championship than, uh, right. than anybody else. But that being said
2: No,
0: but I mean in general. What is the, what it, what would it mean? Like let's say it was your team, like the Canucks win went, went on to win the Stanley Cup. What does it right. mean to you? It's amazing. Like I, I love it. I, right. I celebrate it and you no know, I, I agree with you. I a hundred right. agree with no, no no but this is my point. You would celebrate it, right? Let's say three years from now it comes out that the Canucks were waiting skates or something of the other team. Like, I know that's so stupid. It's harder to cheat in the NHL. I get that. But let's say they were doing something totally illegal and they got caught and people were suspended and people were fined.
1: I would not care if they took away the championship because I already had my
0: experience. Right? But that's what I'm saying. Like, the championship literally means nothing two years or a year after it's happened. It's a name name in a book at that point. But those players knew. That's what I'm saying. Like, they knew that they were cheating. They knew that it it had it was going to have an asterisk beside it if anything came out. So either way, it's not a legitimate title in there. Probably even in their heads. But you don't get that they're going to care. I think they care.
1: They erase their names the history books and they take all their back.
0: I I'm not saying that they're not going to care. I'm just saying that they knew it was uh, probably an illegitimate title anyway. Right? They, they won. They won the games on the field. Yeah. Right? But my my statement is that they've already used the money that they won. They're not going to get that back. I'm sorry, MLB. It's not going to happen. The rings, they're great. Don't get me wrong. But you wear them, what, once every five, ten years?
2: Well,
1: it's, it's more of just something to
0: have. Right. It's
2: it's right. Not, yeah. Right.
0: And they probably knew going into it that they might get caught. That that's more my thing. Like you can take it away. You can take the title away. You can erase it from the history books. They know that they were there. They know what happened. Everyone does. It's not gonna change anything. It's it's literally just whiting out a line in the history books.
1: Yeah, no, like I'm on your side. I think it'd be pointless.
0: Yeah. So, what's no, just yeah. just leave it? Put an asterisk beside it. Add an asterisk. It doesn't matter. It's not going to change anything. It's the same well,
2: thing. No, I, I completely agree with you. I never never
0: disagree. No, that's, that, but I've been hearing people say, oh, you got you to take it away. You got to take it away. What's it going to do?
1: Because, but, but here's the difference. Because you're thinking as a fan, like as a fan, it, it doesn't mean anything to you because you already got to experience it. You, and you're always going to think, whatever, they won the championship, regardless of it's in history books, you know that's yeah. the case. But the taint. Paid- that this is going to put on the Astros players and the management and their legacies in baseball will be much more impacted if they do legitimately strip them of the title, take them out of the record books, and go and collect their rings. That will. Will it? That would be, that's punishment. Yeah, that is, that is, I 100% believe that would be considered a massive punishment.
0: Okay, but but again, here's here's the other side of that, right? If you're describing one of these players, right? Let's say Jose Altuve. 25 years from now, again, I'm I'm going way in the future for this, but just like hear me out when I as I finish this. 25 years from now, you're describing Jose Altuve as a player. Let's say he doesn't win another championship, right? Let's just I'm putting this as an uh, asterisk as well. Jose Altuve. Played baseball for X amount of years. He was a great player. He did this, 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 and this. Was he a great player? Well, he was great before 2017. He was a good hitter before 2017. That's that's. Look, we'll get into that another time. Okay, let's just, just, just let me finish my thought. Well, on, well cause, I mean, it how long. I mean, 2017 is a year that's in question. Yeah. But how
1: long has this been happening
0: before that? That's a great question, and I don't know, and, and that's fine. Don't know. That's 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 a fair point, but let's just say that. It's proven it was only twenty seventeen and
1: you look at Bregman. there's a big discrepancy between or even Altuve, you look at his numbers, I know. Season, his home and away split.
0: That was just in the postseason. I would like to point that out. Right, but, but the postseason was when they had the buzzers. Allegedly. Again, that's not been proven.
1: Well, yeah, but that was Yes, yeah, But one of the, the, the things that makes a little more suspicious when you
0: hear that and then you take a look at the numbers. I know. I, I agree. I think that there I think that there's some truth to it.
1: OPS? That's a I
0: agree. I agree 100%. But the, my point being is that let's say in the future we take they take the rings away, they take the championship, they take the title. Mm-hmm. Right? You're not describing Jose Altuve as a champion. Right? Cuz it's it's not he doesn't have one. But, 25 years from now, if we're saying that, and they don't take the title away, but it has an asterisk beside it, when you're describing Jose Altuve, you say he was on the the 2017 championship team that cheated and now has an asterisk beside that. That almost hurts him more. Why would that hurt him more? Because he, I'm just saying, like, his credibility to get into conversations about all stars and superstars of all time, right? Hall of Fame sort of conversations that would hurt him more than saying he was never a champion, because there's a lot. Of, there's been a lot of good players that were never champions.
1: Okay, hey, but he's never. Even even if they, it happens, I know. It, it's not that he's like people aren't going to forget that he was never a champion.
0: I know, but let's say we're ta- we're talking to a kid, right?
1: No, I know, but you say he was he he did such a bad thing that they literally. Ripped him of a title. Yeah. As opposed to saying, like, yeah, he won, but like, mm, it's a little wonky because there's some cheating involved. But like, what sounds worse? Getting stripped.
0: I of guess. The league, right? I guess and, I, I see what you're saying, as, saying there. As a kid, you look, you're
1: like, oh, wow, like, he must have been a real piece of crap. Like, <laughs> he did that where Major League Baseball felt that they had to strip him of the championship. Like, it, it, it has a much, much uh, larger impact on the long term view of these players and of this team and everybody associated with it. Like we're taking a look now, even like I don't know how far down it's gonna go, but like you know Carlos Beltran, he just signed a new deal with the Mets this year to be their first year head coach or the, the manager, and he stepped down because he was part of it. Alex Cora won a ring with the Red Sox. Not this uh, last season, 2018. Yep. Stepped down. He, he got fired. They let him
0: go. Both the he st- he the stepped manager. down. Read the read the news articles. He stepped yeah. down. Yeah, okay. They mutually okay. agreed to part ways. Yeah, and I, I. love provided. that. That's my that might be my favorite wording in sports. Mutually agreed to part ways. Bullshit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: Especially something like that. Get out of
0: here. You're paying him. Why would he leave? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that that is just my personal favorite thing in sports is that line, but anyways.
1: But my point is just like this this has expanded into multiple teams. Yep. Multiple people, multiple lives. And it's in my opinion, I think the biggest scandal in baseball history. Like you can talk about the Black Sox, I guess.
0: I was gonna say that's that the only crazy. other one that I can really think of being that big.
1: Right, and I think, but that's more of a, a, a one person like. No, it wasn't. More of no, but like it.
0: One person may have different. got the idea. It was half the over half the team that tried right. to throw the World Series. But it, it was it was like uh, I'm trying to think of the word here. I wish I could help you. I have no idea what you're thinking. I
1: know. Like this is more dirty to be honest with you because they had the audacity to try and get away with it to benefit from it yeah um, it just it just grinds my gears man it grinds my gears
0: <laughs> alright 80s sitcom
1: I was going for Peter Griffin
0: family guy oh fair enough yeah fair enough no I I, I get what you're saying it's it's a black mark on the league um, conversations are being had about whether this is worse than steroids as a whole. I, I, uh, I would like to agree. Uh, my argument is for uh, the other side, if I was going to be devil's advocate is sty- sign stealing has been in the game since the game has been around.
2: Right, but I think- not,
0: not on this scale. Don't, don't get me wrong. Not on this scale. I know that I'm very well aware of that. I played baseball. We we attempted simple stein stealing. That's just part of the game. When you're standing at second, and you know the fastball's coming, you sometimes try to tell your guy in the box. But that's that's basic. That's part of the game. That's literally ingrained in the game. This is not. This is technology being used outside of the rules to try to get an upper hand, and that's not that's not fair. Exactly. That's um,
1: and and it's. A- it was kind of like a full team operation yeah. where if you look at steroids, it was kind of just like the off, you know, the off man on the team just trying to like only one person could, could really hurt you. Right. Yeah. It was either Sammy Sosa or, or it was Mark McGuire, you know, who was kind of one guy yeah. who you were kind of worried about that, that puts a little bit of a, a, a tainting on, that period of of baseball where now here you look looking at an entire team that was doing this yeah stemmed down from you know the lower level from apparently like beltran and uh alex cora so it's just when you have a whole team doing something and and, what's the word i'm looking for like kind of embarrassing baseball at that point i think it's a lot worse than the one-off individual that was no. doing it back in the in the 80s and 90s. I agree. And to me, that's why I think that this is
0: worse. I agree. I think I just – I'm struggling, I think, with the way people are just describing it as sign-stealing. That's not what they were doing. Like, yes, they were stealing signs, but this is way more than just st- sign-stealing.
1: Yeah, and, and, you know, it's funny, actually, because <laughs> Stephen A. Smith, when – the suspension, the one-year suspensions first came out for A.J. Hinch and Jeff Lunau, the general manager yeah. and a manager of the team, of, of the Astros. Yeah. Stephen A. Smith came out on ESPN, and he said he thought that it was a little bit too much. He said, I think it's a bit too much, actually. that's a little bit of a, a harsh for sign-stealing, blah, blah. And then, the next day, when all this buzzer nonsense came out with Altuve, yeah. he changed his mind real quick, and, and I was kind of it's kind of similar i mean I, I, I agree with suspension but i thought it was it really stepped it up to uh, a, another level when the sign when the, the buzzer nonsense came up. yeah and he was like no you strip them from their titles go rip their rings off their fingers take them out of the record books we got to look at some lifetime bands for some
0: people and uh, he, he laid into it so. well that's that's my next question does any I of the are any of the players going to face any supplemental discipline outside of what we've seen for Hinch, Low, now? Um, what is coming for Cora? Because they did say he will have some sort of discipline coming down once they're done the Boston inquiry. Are any players going to get anything?
1: If somebody gets a lifetime ban, I think out of anybody, I'm looking at Cora, to be quite honest with you,
0: yeah, but he's um, he's a manager though. So like I'm talking players.
1: I know, I know I know. I know. Uh, it's funny because technically they came out and said, "All right, we've concluded our Astros investigation. No players are going to be reprimanded for the actions. The general manager and the, and the manager are yeah. the ones who are going to pay the price and uh, no players are, are going to be suspended for it." And that was But, like, I don't get that. I don't
0: get that. Uh, No, I'm, I'm talking, like, had we not known about the buzzers, forget the buzzers for a second. How do you not suspend players who outwardly cheated? Like steroids. You catch people with steroids, they get suspended. These guys outwardly cheated in a way that is not within the rules. Because I
1: think it was a systematic thing, and they weren't going to suspend the entire team. They weren't going to suspend every single one of their stars of their... One I wasn't...
0: Ex- I guess I'm not thinking that they should have gotten... At that time, I wasn't thinking they should have gotten full season sort of thing. But, like, I feel like they should get something. Like, there was no fines. there's no suspensions for any players. Like, seems wrong.
1: I think that there's going to be
0: now. <laughs> now? Well, there's more information now.
1: Right, and, and I think the... MLB kind of jumped the gun when they said that they weren't going to make any any player suspension.
0: Based off of what, but they said based off of their initial report. They did say that.
1: Here's the thing that that I find really interesting Um, Trevor Bauer came out and said that he had heard the same thing, that they were using buzzers uh, to, to kind of help them tip off pitches. If that's the case, how did Major League Baseball not? find that out throughout their investigation
0: well it depends because if they were focused if they were truly focused on the trash cans and the the, the video coming in then they might not have because they wouldn't have been looking for the buzzers right like
1: it but you're not just hold on but you're not just looking at film you're, you're talking to people you're interviewing tons and tons of people athletes from around the league on the team from opposing teams guys like mike fires like you're not just looking at video you're having conversations
0: no no no. i know i, I understand that but
1: you think that it would have came
0: up it but that's the thing like depending on the questioning depending on who they talk to depending on this that and the other it might not have like if it was not brought in in a question and no one was posed do you think they were using buzzers or was there anything else that they were doing other than banging on trash cans they might not have. It might just never have come up until someone brought it up, and now it's brought up, and it could be a totally different look.
1: Let me bring up an example of something that happened that it was kind of uh, the the least worst
2: kept secret. Yeah. Do you remember early in the year when that
1: uh, that altercation, let's call it, came down between Marner and Babcock when, in his rookie year, he. Asked Mart to come up with a list from you know best to worst of of.
0: Yeah, hardest worst working worst players. players. Yeah. So
1: that just came out this year.
0: Yeah. All the reporters and stuff, like
1: all of the reporters knew about that. That yeah. already Happened, and and it no one just talked about it, but everyone knew
0: that it happened. Yeah, but at the same time, they all knew that. Because it was it was told that Babcock went into the room afterwards, pulled Marner aside, and said, "I shouldn't have done that." That was also known by the reporters, right? So that's why it wasn't as big of an issue. So for, for me to bring
2: bring it back to the baseball thing, yeah, I think I'm I'm taking a look and I'm, I'm seeing,
1: you know, Trevor Bauer be like, "Yeah, I've had many people tell me that this is the case too." How that information, if everybody else in baseball knows about it, yeah. Well, a bunch of players in baseball know about it. How does Major League Baseball themselves not
0: know about it? No, you're right. And I, I understand what you're saying. And I agree. I do. I, I really do. I was just playing the other side and just saying that maybe during their investigation, it wasn't stated. So it wasn't in the initial reports.
1: I think one of two things. Either they were hoping that that information never leaked out. And they were hoping that that could just get swept under the rug and nobody found out about it. Yeah. Or they didn't know um in which i just i can't
0: see them not knowing i'm not saying they didn't know that that was an accusation i'm just saying during this investigation it might not have come up so they might have just it might have slipped their mind like it might have been something that they had heard of before but it wasn't their focus is what i'm saying
2: these are professionals
0: man i know i i agree but here's the thing are these professionals that I don't know. I just think maybe these professionals, because didn't they bring in outside people to do the re- investigation? Um, yeah, probab- I mean, yeah, so then maybe they those know. guys didn't know. The league have their own lawyers, right? I know. But what I'm saying is the league might have known. The league's know- lawyers might have known. But right, so the but the investigators the- might not have. What? If they're an outside investigation crew, Right. Yes. But what I'm saying is, if the investigation crew... No, 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 no. Just, uh, just hear me out on this, okay? If the investigation crew didn't know because they weren't part of the league, and the league's lawyers didn't say anything because it wasn't directly asked, how would the investigation people have known?
1: Right. So, but then when the league comes out and says we will not be suspending any players... Based off of this report. Based off of this report, but they... But if they knew, anyways, that there was these buzzer things, which obviously is, is terrible and, and, and a lot worse... Yeah. If they knew about it and just elected to just not do anything about it... Yes. Is that not a fail on
0: Major League Baseball? Oh, 100%. No, I agree with you. It's It is a flawed system. It is a flawed system. And the fact that they knew about it and didn't have any... No one happened to disclose it during the investigation is an issue, but I'm giving the investigators the benefit of the doubt because they probably didn't know. I'm not giving MLB the benefit of the doubt. I'm giving the investigators from the outside the benefit of the doubt.
1: That's all fine and dandy, but the investigators aren't making any decision. Right. MLB does an okay and sign off of. So when they came out and said that we're not going to be making any player suspensions, if they knew that other information, how do you
0: come out with that statement? Because they made the statement they're not making any suspensions based off the initial report. And they were right. They didn't lie. That's not where they're going to get their suspensions from. I don't know. Oh, it's so shady, dude. It is totally shady. I don't think they would have released the report
1: if they had intentions on making some player suspensions based on the buzzer
0: scandal. I don't think they were going to.
1: Which is my point. No, I agree must
0: have known about it and tried to keep it quiet exactly no i agree i 100% agree i'm not i'm not denying that fact it's just not pretty it's not a good look it's not over either no it is not, over. It is not. and we will have to have that conversation when more information comes out about how bad it's going to be i'm though. i'm excited
1: Good off I'm, excited for it too.
0: I'm excited to go to minor league camp. So,
1: oh yeah, you're gonna be able to go down there. I am. I am. I yeah. am. I'm excited. You'll have fun. That's a
2: fun.
0: Time. I think. I think some of us are planning on doing a golf round too. Well, if you can, if you can squeeze that out there, it'd be all right. Well, there's a there's a course by the hotel. It's like 30 minutes away, 40 Canadian. Well, not bad. And it's like a four star course. With
1: club rentals
0: i'd have to look into club rentals but or i might just check my bag oh it's gonna be fun we got a good group we're, we're excited so anyways mike thank you for stepping in and talking with me for almost an hour and 40 minutes you know what? we got a lot of information in there though it's fine
1: We did a good job. We got everyone up to speed on what happened in the playoffs in the NFL, what's going on in the NHL. We got everyone up on the MLB scandal. We even talked about your trip to, to Florida. Yeah,
0: and we and we started a new segment too, and I'm very excited about that. Yes. So it's been great talking to you, buddy. We need to have you on sooner than you know six to eight months at a time. but thank you again Um, for everyone here at Garage Door Sports we will see you next time